We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome into the OBR Film Breakdown. Your host, Jake Burns. We are going to do a quick Saturday episode for you here uh, that really revolves around the mock draft I like to do every Saturday. Now, this will be our first exposure to pick 74 for this podcast, so it should be fun to sort of get a feel for what's going to be out there. Uh, but a couple quick things before we dig into the mock draft. The Browns went out, uh, as you probably saw by now, and signed Marquise Goodwin. A bit of a surprise given the Elijah Moore trade, but probably not. We should have uh, probably see the, seen this coming a bit more. And I think the thing that this reminds me of is, I talked about this with Andrew Spade on Franchise Mode just yesterday, that the Browns are really trying to solidify some of the positions, the depth positions, that they have had young players playing, and they don't feel comfortable with if they're forced into playing those guys. So it's good that they're churning the bottom of the roster to kind of uproot players they think are not meeting the threshold for what they needed the development to look like. I'm looking at you, Tommy Togiai, looking at you, Anthony Schwartz. We'll see what they do with some of these positions. But I think gone are the days where the bottom of the roster and Andrew Barry keeping all of his draft picks, that sort of stuff, um, as he went to solidify the baseline of things and develop some of these young players, now is a, a serious win-now mode. And they don't have time to mess around with this stuff. So when you sign Marquise Goodwin on top of what they did with Elijah Moore, it tells me, uh, you know, Moore tells me they want their their starting group to be better, and Goodwin tells me that they want depth and insurance in case injuries happen. I think this is something we probably haven't talked enough about, but the Browns had a bunch of really good fortune with injury issues last year. Amari Cooper, Donovan Peoples-Jones, healthy most of the year, and Joku missed a few games here and there. Uh, you know, Jordan Atkins helps with that. Uh, that's certainly an angle that they were looking to take. They don't want to play games where they're exposed uh, to just Harrison Bryant being your tight end. They wanted answers, and then. Um, you know, obviously, uh, you're talking about uh, the 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 other side of the football. The safeties played a lot. Like they're going to add depth at those spots, I think, and they've done some things with corner with Mike Ford. We'll talk about in a second, but it seems like they're really focused on bringing in quality depth. Now they did that at wide receiver. Goodwin is an interesting player. I mean, known for speed, for a ridiculous runner. 
Um, clocked in the four twos. He's been around the league since 2013 when Buffalo selected him in the third round pick 78. Stuck with Buffalo for four years. Didn't really produce the way anybody hoped or thought he would. Injury's a big issue in Buffalo. His second and third year missed a lot of time. Uh, only 11 targets in those two years. And then in 2016, um, you know, has a decent uptick into the uh, area of 390 yards, 300, sorry, ended up being 431 yards, three touchdowns, uh, but then takes off in free agency, San Francisco for three years, his first year, 2017, 962 yards, two touchdowns, 56 catches. So that's a, it was a huge step in the right direction for his career, but sort of again, back on the downhill slide in 18 and 19 with San Francisco injuries hit 21. He goes to Chicago has 313 yards, a touchdown. Now he had a decent bounce back year, at the age of 31 last year, he'll play this year at 32 um, with Seattle last year. He was caught 27 of 39 balls, 387 yards, four touchdowns. And watching some preliminary film of him, he can still do it. He can still run past people. He's got some wiggle to his routes that he likes to put into play. What The, the fascinating thing is, and probably what the Browns like, is the, the experience and diversity that he has and where he's played. Predominantly an outside receiver where 1,655 of his snaps have been outside. Uh, traditionally been more of a Z type uh, outside receiver, uh, but he has uh, two seasons in the slot where he's had over 120 snaps. That 2017 season with San Francisco, where he put together 962 yards at 128 slot snaps, and then this last year he was more of a slot than ever before, where he had 187 snaps in the slot for Seattle and 128 out wide. So I'm presuming that little Elijah Moore insurance. And then some outside experience to be able to come in, step in, and play for either DPJ or um, you know Amari Cooper if injuries happen. So I like it. I, I we have to see. You hear me talk about this all the time. Follow the money. Follow the money. Right. Like the guarantees and the one year deals, which this is a one year deal, are going to tell you how serious they are about keeping a player um, into the season because you're not going to pay a guy money a guarantee just to cut him. You know you're going to try to balance that risk uh, as best you can, but. Again, you're not going to pay them that money just to end up uh, cutting a guy and guaranteeing and wasting a certain threshold. Like Mike Ford, for instance, which we haven't talked about some of these fringe guys that they've signed uh, enough here. Mike Ford gets a 1.175 million base and a signing bonus of 325000 So essentially, when you um, put his cap number up to 1.5 in total, he's got 925000 in guarantees. That's essentially making him a roster lock. Like... He's going to be here, barring does the fifth corner barring any injury happen, um, you know, happening to any, and that's you know it's a group that does get injured a lot, but um, you know Ford Ford is likely to be here. On the other side, Matthew Adams, the linebacker that they ended up signing, uh, is, is sort of a special teams or in depth player. He gets a 1.08 base. Uh, they gave him a signing bonus of 152,500. We don't have a date when the money is due, so keep an eye on that because the date hits, you'd expect him to be. Uh, you know, a bit of a lock if it's if the date's right, but there's only three hundred thousand of guaranteed salary, so he's not a hundred percent a lock. Um, Kunizic got five hundred thousand in guarantee. We haven't seen Anthony Walker yet, so I don't know what that was going to be. Is it like a four point two five number last year? I don't imagine coming off injury, it'll be quite that high. But again, you're looking at what do they get by cutting a guy, right? Are they going to end up losing a ton of money? of the of the amount so like for example with with Matthew Adams we're talking about $300,000 in guarantees that they've already thrown to him. They're locking that in. The cap savings would be 792 on the flip side. You know, your your dead money by letting go of Mike Ford is 925,000 
and you only save 575 so you're just losing that money to cut him so you're you're really following the money here so we'll see what goodwin gets but to me it really feels like an insurance play uh, and largely a depth play that i think they'll probably based on just the the stroke of luck here probably end up forcing him to play uh, some because again i it'd be great to have two straight years of, of unparalleled health at that position but I don't think that's going to be the case. You just can't you can't presume that. So otherwise, though, I like it. I mean, I really do in terms of what Goodwin can do. He's not a special teams guy necessarily, but he is uh, again a guy through his career. He started out doing a little bit of it. His uh, 2013 rookie season, he had 48 kick returns, and then his um, second year, 2014, he had 80 total snaps where he was not returning anything um, except for punts. They flipped that a little bit a second year, but after that, he hasn't been on any special teams. Like his total special team snaps since 2017 are like 10, 11. So he's just here for wide receiver depth, speed, and the Browns continue to have between Elijah Moore and Marquise Goodwin. You're talking about speed, man. You put those compared the relative athletic scores. You put them with Cooper and DPJ, and it's a very athletic group now. So a lot to be encouraged about. Now David Bell on the other side is not quite the athlete, but <laughs> we. Uh, we know that there's a little balance to that when you're taking a guy in the third round, some risk factor stuff, if you're looking at Tate versus athleticism and all that. So uh, anyway, I just want to talk, talk a little bit about uh, Goodwin because that's, that's an interesting signing. And again, it, it makes a bunch of logical sense, and we all kind of ruled him out. But, you know, who do you want coming onto the field? Do you trust Mike Woods coming onto the field uh, when you have your, an injury and you're an 11 personnel? Probably not. Browns could draft a receiver. We're going to do a, a mock here in just a minute and look at that position. But, you know, you just don't want to put yourself in a position where, you know, had you not signed Marquise Goodwin, you may have had to keep Anthony Schwartz again, and he's just not ready to be an NFL player. He's not ready to be a contributor. He's more of a, a practice squad guy than anything else right now. So they're just expanding the position, flushing out some of the bottom of it, and, and really coming up with some solutions in case injuries hit. So, very much in line with what Marquise Goodwin will do for this uh, organization. Might be nothing, but I think you can see a role for him uh, given the circumstances of what happens in a, in a brutal football season at any given moment. So I like him, and he's good enough to find the field on his own. Like, he still played. Like, the, the tape was Seattle last year. There's some really nice route running, and there's some, some, some big-time catches, man. So it's not like you're just hiding a problem. He's good. He's good enough. He's not, you know, he's, he's average, but good enough to get on the field and get open is my point, you know, just – the injury history with him and a lack of uh, high volume and all that through through recent portions of his career, and he's going to be 32 this year. He's going to play through the season at 32. He'll turn 33 on uh, November 11th, or sorry, uh, November 19th. So, you know, just give you a feel for it. A good depth signing. I like it. I, I don't have any problem with it. Otherwise, that's the uh, Mike Ford and Matthew Adams contract update. We're just waiting on a contract update from Anthony Walker. Um, we will have some film up in the coming days. If you're listening to this on Saturday, uh, getting ready to put some film out on um, encouraging signs, what the Browns liked about the two defensive tackles, Maurice Hurst and Tristan Hill, what made them sign them, what what flashes caught their attention to give them an opportunity, right? And Tristan Hill, they gave a little bit more guaranteed money to than um, Maurice Hurst, who got basically nothing, is he's just he's a, it's an open tryout, is what they're giving those two guys, a tri- an opportunity to make a roster. And I want to put some film out on that. And then we'll do Jordan Akins, who is a virtual roster lock at tight end, uh, two-year contract, uh, obviously tells us a story there. He will um, 
have some fun film. I've, I've started to dig into it, and he's got some really fun reps. So excited to get that one out to you on Sunday. Have a things I think I know about the Cleveland Browns. A really good episode. I already recorded it with Brad Ward. Is it was I enjoyed it a lot. We did a fun topic. I think you'll enjoy it on Sunday. So check that out. Now we're going to take a break. Come back and then hit up a really really fast Lightning Saturday mock draft. We'll be right back. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, and we're back. We're going to do a mock draft. We're going to use Pro Football Focus Simulator to do it. I feel like they have a good feel for players that are actually going to be gone by the time we get to this point. The only other uh, mock draft of note uh, that came out that's of relevance was the NFL Network put out um, one of their four-round mocks, and here's who they selected. So they took Zach Evans in the third round from Mississippi, the running back, who you've not seen me mock. Fine player. Be surprised if their first pick is a running back. Um, now, given that Dearness Johnson is in Jacksonville, and, and Dearness has good opportunity in Jacksonville. I'm happy he landed there. I don't think any any noises come out about Kareem Hunt. I don't know if he's going to be in the league. I, if the Browns bring him back, I would I would really not enjoy that um, because I just think there are better options, both between Jerome Ford and this draft, better options. The second pick they took was Jamie Robinson, who I, there's a lot of appeal for. The Browns are going to be continuing to look at safety, they need to add a third safety of some kind for those bigger packages. And then they're obviously going to look at potentially having to replace Grant Delpit, who they won't be able to pay based on a lot of contract structure. So I am very much expecting a safety to be picked relatively early. And then in the fourth round, they took Colby Wooden, who's a DN, D-tackle hybrid. I like his versatility. And then a player that we have not mocked at the OBR, Starling Thomas the fifth, a UAB corner, is who the NFL Network has the Browns taking in their one of their early renditions here. We are going to do this one. We're going to start and go to 74. I'm going to stop around 59 here and see if there's a trade-up that we would want. The problem with Pro Football Focus Simulator, which you guys have probably noticed yourselves if you're into this stuff, is that there there is no, there is no way to pl- see available players. So you're just kind of deducing who's out there based on... Um, you know, who you've seen picked recently. I'm not going to move. So guys who go in the the earlier picks that we would be interested in, kind of in this range. Um, you know, I talked to on, on Sunday's pod, I talked about the Bengals need to tie in. They took Sam Laporta at 60. I'm interested who they have the Bengals take in the first round. Cam Smith, a corner, which would make sense. Um, they, they continue to expand their defensive backfield. The Steelers early in this mock take Deontay Banks, which would be a great pick because they have a terrible corner situation. Then they have him taking Josh Downs 
at 32. Uh, considering their tackle situation, offensive tackle, which is a mess, Dewan Jones going to pick after them would be interesting. I'm just talking out loud a little bit to myself. But Addy Adebaware goes pick 46 to New England, a guy that we would certainly be interested in if he slips to this point. Uh, Jalen Hyatt goes 51. Isaiah Foskey goes 54. Um, trying to see if there's any others. Darnell Washington, the Georgia, big Georgia tight end, goes 61. So Tyler Scott is 62. That seems to be about the range, that 45 to 65 range for Tyler Scott. Eli Ricks, the corner from Alabama, goes 64. Clark Phillips, 65. Guys I'd be interested in. Slot experience. We're at 68, um, Keanu Benton. So for whatever reason, this has Denver taking both 67 and 68 defensive tackles. Siaki Ika from Baylor and then Keanu Benton at 68. I think Benton has a real chance to be there at 64 and he or 74, sorry, and he might be the pick. So let's keep going. Picks that happen right in front of us are Derek Hall goes 71 to Auburn. Devin Ashane um, goes, uh, the running back from Texas A&M goes 72, and then Cedric Tillman goes 73. So top of the board here from PFF has Tanner McKee, the quarterback from Stanford. He's not going to, I mean, that's non-factor. Garrett Williams, who's a nice corner from Syracuse. Andre Carter from Army, who's very interesting, um, very interesting player. I mean, this, the testing's not as good as you would want it to be. They have a really high grade on him. They see him more as a 3-4 outside linebacker or a wide 9 edge. I think that if he's there, the Browns would be very, very tempted to take him. I mean, as far as continuing to expand who's your your edge guy. I mean, if you have a four rotation of Miles, Okoronkwo, Alex Wright, and Andre Carter, that is a huge group. I mean, that's a huge group. So I, I could see it being of interest at this spot. Uh, Jamie Robinson's available, Jordan Battle, A.T. Perry, the wide receiver, Rasheed Rice, the wide receiver, Dorian Williams, Tank Bigsby, the running back, Mo, uh, Mojo uh, Moro Ojimo, among some others. Uh, at this spot, I think the Browns would be very compelled to take Andre Carter. Um, Nick Herbig's here too, but I see, I just see less of a fit. Uh, they, they see him as an off-ball linebacker making a similar transition uh, sort of to what Joe Schober did. They give him a second or third round grade. He's just such a tweener. He's he's a good player, though. He can really rush. He's fun, but I just don't know if it's a fit. I, I really I don't I question whether they would view it as a fit. So 74, we take Andre Carter. Um now at 98, I think you could you could get interested in a lot of different positions. Uh, for me, I'm looking at you know, continuing based on what I know right now. I don't know that they're expanding the uh, D-line in any way. I mean, if Moro Ojimo is there, I really, really like him. I mean, uh, it's a player that I think the Browns would be compelled to take. Um, you know, you're looking at the age. He's 21 and some change. You know, I think that the the ability to rush the passer came on this past year to, and combine it with his ability to play the run, which he's a bit more proven at, I certainly think that's an element that they're interested in. I want to look at safety real quick. Um, Christopher Smith gives off some serious, similar vibes to, uh, Richard LeCount, really poor testing numbers from him. Maybe his pro day gets better. Uh, he's older and poor testing. He's going to go late. Uh, JL Skinner's an interesting one in terms of a guy who could potentially take over for, for Delpit, but also play a close to the line type of role right away. I don't have any testing data on him right now. Just the size six three two oh nine, which are really strong for a safety. Um, I'm interested in him. I think I'm in Jair Brown. I'm also very interested in out of Penn State, but uh, I have to kind of see 
where this falls. You know, I think that at this point, again, if I'm just drafting um, based on based on what I know here, that, that the defensive line is a bit more of a problem, I'm I'm certainly more compelled to take help at those two positions. So I, in this situation, would be drafting Moro Ojimo. So I'll take, again, you're taking Andre Carter and Moro Ojimo. You're up at 111. You've got a lot of uh, interesting names here. Skinner's still on the board. If Skinner's still on the board, I'd probably be compelled to take that player. Wide receiver, I'm certainly interested in getting one at some point. I have my eye on two very specific players of value. Uh, make it three. Parker Washington is very interesting to me. Trey Palmer and Bryce Ford Wheaton are all very interesting uh, prospects to me. Uh, at this spot, I think the difference in drop-off at safety is huge, and I want to get a guy that I can work to develop in this defense, so I'm going to take Skinner uh, from Boise State, who's just a big body man. He covers a lot of ground. He is a he's a fun player, uh, a really fun player. Um, looking now at uh, wide receiver, the two that I wanted most were snatched up, uh, but Bryce Ford Wheaton and the athleticism that he brings and the development chance for a 6'4", 220 guy comparing athletically to Andre Johnson is really, really hard to pass up. It's really hard to pass up. So, you know, um, you're not seeing a ton of production from him in terms of what you would think based on the size that he is, um, but he's young-ish, um, not, an, not an older guy by any stretch of the imagination. I think it would be 22. He had 675 yards this past year, 575 the year before, 416. Seven touchdowns last year, 10.9 yards per reception. So I think if I'm taking a stab at a wide receiver at this point, the athleticism profile is so good on Bryce Ford Wheaton. I'm going to take that at 126. So we're rolling on now to 140. Um, uh, looking at what's at the top of the board, Yasir Abdullah from Louisville, Viliami Fajoko from San Jose State, Ronnie Hickman. Um, I will say there's two running backs that I would be super interested in. Rashawn Johnson uh, is a guy that I am extremely interested in having joined the football team around this point and then I would also be interested in Keaton Mitchell at this point if I'm really interested um, also interested in Kytrell Clark for more um, you know slot corner depth as well I do like the prospect of of a running back here so I'll probably go Rashawn Johnson like uh, again a guy who creates missed tackles yards above expected just so uh, overshined by Bajan Robinson that I think he's set to have a really good NFL career if he lands in the right spot. So very interested in Rashawn Johnson. And again, you're looking at a guy who's graded well throughout his career, hasn't had a bunch of hits, hasn't had a bunch of carries, comes into the league fresh, can catch the football out of the backfield, and he's a bigger guy at six foot two twenty. So I, I like the value of him at that point. If I'm taking this next pick, I'm very, very interested and Kytrell Clark from Louisville. I want to add depth to my slot corner situation, particularly looking at you know, what they're going to do if, if Greg Newsom's going to be in there, which I still think he will. How interested is he in doing it? Uh, you need depth there. You need answers if, if moves have to be made. Something to, to certainly consider at that spot. Um, you know, hey, Starling Thomas, who they had in the fourth round, is still here, <laughs> the corner. At this spot, I'm looking at best player available. Right, that's what I'm looking at above anything else. Best player available to me. I know you drafted Andre Carter early. The Browns have been very interested in Jose Ramirez. Again, an older prospect. He's going to be 23, but great testing data. Um, not overly big, but great testing data, and a guy that will really challenge for the bottom of an edge uh, room. And I think that there's reason to be optimistic about expanding that room. So I'm going to take Jose Ramirez and add the second Jose Ramirez to the Cleveland 
uh, social circle and the professional ranks. Uh, hopefully he can turn out to be as good as the other one we have uh, fighting on the baseball team. Anyway, last pick in this one, I am very interested in either a linebacker or a tight end. Probably looking at linebacker if there's uh, anybody of note here. D. Winters is interesting. I certainly think that there are going to be some people that really like him. Michael Jones is interesting. Um, a junior from Syracuse. Uh, you know, looking at Winters, the grades just aren't what we thought they would be. He didn't perform as well as many people thought. Drake Thomas is interesting. Um, I think the people will really like some of the stuff he puts on tape. 66, 65 uh, tackles over the last two years. Um, some diversity he can get after. He can rush the passer a little bit too. Um, he's got some D-line, some experience in the slot. He's got experience in the box. Uh, a good athlete. I think that um, you know. I think that Drake Thomas would be certainly of interest to them fighting for the end of a of a, of a roster. Uh, we don't have any solidified testing data from him yet, but he's five eleven, two thirty, which are on the low side linebacker position. But you're looking for guys who can catch on as special teams types. So we'll take Drake Thomas at that spot. So reading off this mock draft for your lightning mock draft Saturday. Uh, just a second here as this loads up. Again, we take Andre Carter. In a spot that I think they could go so many different directions um, with with that spot. Uh, they take Carter at edge. They could move up there, among many other things. And then Moro Ojimo out of Texas at 98. J.L. Skinner, Boise State 111. Bryce Ford Wheaton, West Virginia 126. Rashawn Johnson 140. Kytrell Clark, Louisville 142. Jose Ramirez, edge, Eastern Michigan at 190. And then Drake Thomas at 231. I also think, guys, just for the record, that they are going to trade down or out of some picks to add to the six they have next year to to probably push one pick into 20, um, 2024 so that you have seven this year and seven next year. If they get the right opportunity, they won't force that. But anyway, that's the draft. That's what we got. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this Saturday mock draft. We'll keep doing this as we learn more and more about Browns uh, visits and players they're interested in and all that stuff. I think it's a it's going to be fun. Even though they only start at 74, they still have a lot of picks. You know, um, you know. at this point, they have eight picks, which is uh, fun to analyze, even though they start later, right? They don't have a, a limited quantity. So a lot of decisions to be made on these guys. So thanks for checking in. Really, really uh, urge you to check out tomorrow's things I think I know about the Cleveland Browns with Brad Ward. I think it's going to be a great episode. So check that out. Otherwise, have a great Saturday, everybody. Enjoy your uh, weekend. And um, thanks for catching up with the OBR Film Breakdown, as you have all month. It's been great listening uh, numbers to, to, to this point, and I, I thank you guys so much for that, for making it a part of your routine. So many of you DM me, and I just want to say thanks. I don't get to everybody because there's a lot, and I have two kids and a wife and a life I try to live. I, don't, I apologize if I don't always respond on Twitter. I really do, uh, and, and in DMs, because you guys bring a lot of great points to the table. Um, I try my best, uh, but I want, I want you to know how much I appreciate you listening. Um, so that's it for today. Like I said, have a great Saturday, and go Browns.